Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Looking for the perfect gift? Check out a Visa Virtual Account. Available at giftcards.com. Gifting a Visa Virtual Account is easy. Simply select your gift amount, add optional personalization, and click send. A thoughtful gift delivered in moments. As one of the world's most recognized brands, virtual Visa cards are secure, never expire, and work for any budget. They're also eco-friendly. Eliminate the need for plastic with a virtual gift delivered straight to their inbox. Whether you're shopping for a family member, friend, coworker, or client, a Visa virtual account is always the perfect fit. Visa virtual accounts can be used online anywhere Visa is accepted, so the possibilities are endless. They're convenient to send and easy to spend, making it the perfect gift for any occasion. Start gifting your virtual Visa today at www.giftcards.com virtual. All righty. Uh, that was a heck of a game. No. We just got finished watching Bears-Rams, and we are stoked to not be watching Bears-Rams anymore. This is the PFF forecast, and we are done with week 11, almost. Almost. Thankfully, there's one more game. Because if we ended on that note, it would be bad. Um, so, uh, we've got... Uh, we're going to do a little discussion on the best team in the NFL. A little discussion about the unique situations that the Bears and the Rams are in. We're going to preview Monday Night Football, and then we're going to go into the week 12 slate and guess all the lines. Let's rock. Let's start with the Bears uh, and the Rams real quick, because I thought you had a very good point, which is both these teams have young quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Both these teams have gotten very excited about their young quarterbacks. One team decided to pay their young quarterback. Both these teams have young coaches who everyone has gotten very excited about as well. Coach of the year, Uh, former coach of the years. And yet in this game, we saw a drastically different support structure and way in which it appears that these two teams and their coaches in particular are treating their young quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, Sean McVay has got a lot of heat, and I think he deserves a decent amount for his fourth down you know, management, right? He you know, had a multiple opportunities today or tonight to um, uh, you know, convert uh, on fourth down and punted, uh, but... I think what separates him from Matt Nagy right now is that you know he is a quarterback who I think fundamentally is every bit as bad as Mitch Trubisky. Um, but tonight, Brandon, I think that's a bold call. By the but, way, well, let's assume they're in the same cluster because I think statistically they are this season, right? Be sure. But like Jared Goff made a couple of actual nice throws. Sure, but we've seen that from Trubisky before. But like, okay, but but. Top two this pick, season, <laughs> top, top two overall pick. pick sorry, um, can put up good statistics when the situation's right. We've seen with both of them, um, but and propelled in many ways by a good offensive play caller. What we where we see the divergence though is the fact that uh, Sean McVay is putting in a system to sort of hide his quarterback's deficiencies in a time when they are many um, tonight, for example, you know, he didn't actually throw, he threw only two passes between 10 and 19 yards in the air. Kind of those intermediate throws where you have to be both have a strong arm and be accurate where he's been horrible. And he's been horrible all season. He did throw a pick on one on a rollout out. Of, I believe Kyle was a Kyle Fuller, but then like, then his big plays that he made though were deep. He made two passes over 20 yards and those passes can kind of be, I think a little bit off because the receiver can sort of run under them. There's more room for error and there's, you know, less of a bad thing that can happen to your offense when those things are picked off. And so, yeah, Goff didn't play, ter- you know, terribly well, 11 of 18, but only four, uh, or sorry, four of his 19 dropbacks were pressured, right? Like, so he did the best with what he could, I think, especially given uh, the fact that there are two of their three starting wide receivers that are out. They're making uh, adjustments to the offensive line. On the other side, when you watch the Bears play offensively, it looks like Matt Nagy's trying to prove a point to everybody. It looks like he, he's trying to prove to everybody that Mitch Trubisky isn't, particular, isn't particularly good. Um, and 
Is that why he ran the and the option, option? And to me, the option was like a no, no bigger tell of this entire thing. So I, I don't know. What do you think? I, I couldn't agree more. And the Trubisky thing in Chicago, I don't know if it's Chicago or what it is, but that has gotten so bad so quickly. And it just appears that both sides are too immature to handle it. And I don't know if it's the fact that Los Angeles doesn't care that much about the Rams. And so they can kind of handle their business behind closed doors instead of in front of the media. But you can just tell that Sean McVay and Jared Goff, despite the fact that they have played like absolute crap, are coming into this game and have flushed the toilet, right? Yeah. They flushed the crap out of the way, and they're on to the next one. And and they had a game plan that probably involved them having to say, hey, Jared, you haven't been playing super well, so here's what we're going to do, yeah. right? We need to try and win this game. This other team is not very good. We're going to try and get a lead and then bleed out the clock, right? Like, that's yeah, yeah. legitimately what they did. I mean, it was crazy. Chris mentioned this on air, but they didn't run any outside zone. Which was probably a blessing because can you imagine those new how many holding calls there yeah. would have been by you know those new offensive linemen on on outside zone and ironically the play action that they ran with the outside zone looks still worked really well one of those plays I believe got um, called back because of an illegal formation right but um, to me there is a drastic difference in the culture between these two teams and i think it all comes down to the coach and that's why sean mcveigh as you said despite some of the things that he hasn't done great deserves some credit for holding these guys together because what what choice does he have and maybe that's the difference yeah yeah. naggy thinks he's got a choice Nagy thinks he's got one more chance and he wants to get to it as quickly as well because trubisky wasn't his draft pick right it was john fox's uh group that that well it wasn't john fox's draft pick either Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and and that shows you. We we've been talking for the last couple of weeks on videos about coach of the year, and it does show you that to be the coach of the year, there has to be something more fundamental about it, and, and that's why we gravitate towards the John Harbaugh's of the world, the Sean Payton's of the world, even the Sean McDermott's of the world, where he's been around for long enough where you can sort of see a trajectory for that team. Yeah. Um, whereas you know Matt Nagy and Sean McVay won it consecutive years. When obviously, like it's a huge like regression award. Like you're terrible enough to get Jeff Fisher finally fired, and just by you know regression alone, you're going to get to seven wins. And great, you got to eleven, right? And same thing, uh, you know, is true for the Bears last year. You saw, you know, Rodgers got hurt, and 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 the Vikings and Lions were bad, so the Bears took advantage of that, and they've had a good roster this entire time. Trubisky today, interestingly, so and this again talks to you about some scheme stuff. When clean today, Trubisky was just 50% throwing uh, and averaged four yards per pass attempt. I mean, that's not going to get the job done. And it also shows you that there's not a ton of options for Trubisky when he drops back in those situations. He was just four of 15 throwing the ball over 10 yards uh, past the line of scrimmage. So just a really poor effort. But to me, this, you know, Nagy also showed himself in the sense of, you know, they get down to about the 30 kick a field goal, miss, get down to about the 34th and nine, yep. go for it. Then they get down to the basically the same spot. It was fourth and six, and they kick. Okay. Again, I need to see a rhyme or reason it's here. not a lot of and process. I, and I just don't see it. Yep, I'm, I'm with you there. So if you're <clears throat> buying futures right now, you would be more willing to buy Rams futures than Bears futures, uh, despite the fact that neither of them really have any picks. Uh, at least the Rams have some talent on that team. Yeah, you the Rams the have Bears. a first-round pick actually further off in the future than the Bears do. The Bears have one at least in 2021. Right, but they have no one on offense yeah. that you're particularly excited about. Okay, let's, let's move on from that game. We spent how much time? Too much time on uh, the Bears and the Rams. I said that game was like if it was a food, it would be Skyline Chili. I've never had Skyline Chili, but I'd rather would not you have imagine, that game either. Would you imagine that's what it would taste like? Yeah, yeah. probably. Okay. So this week, it was interesting. There were a lot of decent matchups. There were a lot of very good teams playing decent teams, right? We had the Ravens and the Texans. Yep. We had the Eagles and the Patriots. We had the Saints trying to rebound off of... Um, a very embarrassing loss. The the Niners as well trying to rebound from a loss. And I'm not quite sure that there was any huge separation, maybe with the exclusion of the, the Ravens. So my question to you is this. 
Who's the best team in the NFL right now? Yeah, there's a <clears throat> excuse me. It's a great question. Um, if I had if I had to pick it right now, I'd, I'd God, it's so hard because I mean, obviously, the the my first choice is Baltimore, yeah. but I I don't want to be the type of person that overreacts to so many things. All right, let's let's put them into tiers then. Okay. So who's on the outside looking in? Who's not in the who are you not considering yeah. for the best team in the NFL? Well, so for me an out the second tier would be a team like Minnesota, a team like San Francisco, a team like Seattle. Um when I look at when I look at that, Kansas City I think is on the outside looking in, unfortunately. Um what, and then what? and I think even I think Houston is even a notch below all those teams, but Houston's on the outside. Yeah. What, what, do you have any others for that? Yeah, I, I'm going to go ahead and put the the Cowboys um, in that group. Okay, so you, are they near? Are they closer to Houston or Kansas City? Man, it, that one's really hard. I know, I know, Houston beat Kansas City, but I'm putting them below. Kansas yeah, City. yeah, yeah. Um, that's tough. I think we got to include both of them because I think what you're saying is all these teams have sort of a like very dramatic flaw. And I think every team in the NFL has a flaw, yeah. but these teams have what seems to be like, man, this could really be ugly. Yeah. So uh, does that mean your top tier consists of Patriots, Ravens, Saints? I put Green Bay in the second group as well. Okay, it's a, so a group I forgot Bay. about. So my top tier and the ones I was thinking about choosing from were Ravens, Patriots, and Saints, all of whom have are solid, I think, from top to bottom. <laughs> Top-ish to bottom-ish, but have have flaws themselves. Okay. Fewer Let, than the... Let's stay with the second tier, though, because I, I, I think we could maybe uh, pull this one apart as well. So Texans, Chiefs, Vikings, Cowboys, Seahawks. Of that group, who do you think has, like, the most... Ah, uh, well, if they make it into the tournament and a couple things go their way, like, I don't want to see this team... In the Super Bowl, oh, it's hard, right? Because, like, take Minnesota for example. If Minnesota's defense were as good as it was even last year, take away 2017, I'd say them. But their defense is a liability at this point. So I, as well as Kirk Cousins can play, I don't want to put them in the conversation. Oddly, because I don't think their defense is good enough. Yeah. Um. To me, to me, I it, it's a difference between Seattle and Kansas City. And I, and I think Seattle, because they have the quarterback that's playing the best right now, Kansas City, because they have the best quarterback. Yeah, to, I, I got to say, the three that, that stick out to me are the Chiefs, the, the Seahawks, and the Cowboys. I'm going to put the Cowboys in there for, for this reason. Zeke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I've just been so impressed with what Dak has done this season. And... Cooper seemed to be a little banged up in this game, but I, their their offensive line, when healthy, can provide the time for Dak yeah. to really be exceptional. And that receiving unit is no joke if they have both those guys on the outside healthy. And so I would put them in that group, but I think the Seahawks and the Chiefs, the Texans to me are really interesting because I actually think they may be they have, may have a, a flaw that is just too big to overcome yeah. despite how good Deshaun Watson is. This was a game that they needed to play well in, and they just absolutely crapped the bed. And now you have the Colts, who we didn't put in this group, yeah, yeah. who are going to have a chance to legitimately win this division. So I'm not putting the Texans in there as much as I love Deshaun Watson. No. But of that group, Chiefs, Seahawks, Cowboys, it's the Chiefs for me. It's not even close. To your point, today, you know, Dak was only 3 of 8 for 38 yards throwing to Mark Cooper. He was 9 of 10 for 148 throwing to Michael Gallup. And slot guy, Randall Cobb, 4 of 7, 115 yards and a touchdown. Two of those were dropped. I mean, they faced a game Detroit team. That Detroit team, was, I they, mean, we were right about Detroit. Detroit plays hard. They're competitive in every single game. And they honestly have lost a lot of close games this year. And to, to and Zeke, they bottled up Zeke, of course. And to Dak's credit, he was amazing today, well, as he usually is. Here's the thing with Dak this season. Not only has he looked better throwing the ball, 12 yards per attempt from a clean pocket. <laughs> That's unreal. 146 pass rank from a clean pocket. He was great from a clean pocket. 
the thing that separates him from Deshaun Watson right now is Deshaun Watson took six sacks today. I know. And he was getting better, too. That was a crazy Last thing. season with Dak, it was like, dude, can you just not take a sack, yep. please? Like Jacoby Brissett called. He wants his sacks back. But now he's not taking sacks at this inordinate rate. I don't know if it's just pocket presence or the scheme is allowing him to get rid of the ball a little bit more quickly, but he is not taking as many sacks. And that to me is a separator. Um, so I'm actually putting him in that group with the chiefs and the Seahawks. But if I had to pick one of that, that kind of trio um, I'm going with the, with the Chiefs. So the chiefs lead that trio of chiefs, Seahawks, Cowboys. And then I think the Niners, because of some of the weaknesses they have on offense, the Vikings, because some of the weaknesses they have on offense yeah. and the Texans are right behind them. Okay, we're going to pick the best team now. Oh, the Packers. Where do the Packers fall in that? Oh, they're they're up there a little bit. Um, the didn't it, play this week. Play the Niners next Sunday night. Yeah, I, no, they're higher for me than like the Minnesotas of the world. Okay, the 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 the, the Cowboys of the world. They're oh, lower. The they're lower for me than Kansas City is. Yeah, I think Kansas City and Seattle. For me, above the Packers, Cowboys and Packers, I think, in the same one. So when I think of the best team in the NFL, I have a very hard time not taking the Ravens. Mm -hmm. And I I said it was the Saints a couple weeks ago. And I look at this Saints team today, and yes, they beat the brakes off of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You could have seen this coming a mile away, right? They were embarrassed the week before. Cam Jordan was an absolute monster today. That that defense um, was pretty monster. I guess he actually didn't grade that well, but oh well. Um, yeah, he had, he's a, he's a beast no matter what. He had yeah. six. He had six pressures today. Um, and the thing that that gives me a little pause is that Drew Brees. I still feel like he's just dinking and dunking his way down the field, and maybe he needs to get, you know, like his legs back under him. Yeah. Um, but their offense does not scare me nearly as much as the Ravens' offense does, and neither does the Patriots. And yeah. so I, I think that's why it's the Ravens. Yeah. No, no completions for Breeze today. Over twenty yards in the air, just three over ten yards in the air. They very much dink and dunk their way. Now, part of me thinks that that's because Tampa Bay's defense is actually a little bit better than what people think, but. The other part is that Breeze, his arm strength, there was one throw deep left to Ted Ginn that like made it about halfway there, and he was, I think, from a clean pocket. So there's certainly – he needs to be better, only 7.4 yards per attempt from a clean pocket. Uh, I'm with you. I, you know, The issue is, is we always – so this is like when we were doing the AWS like biggest movers but early on in the season. It's like, does this award just go to the team that had the best positive regression? And there were some things today in the Houston-Baltimore game where I think the thing snowballed on Houston. They had the pass interference in the end zone on Marlon Humphrey that was not called, right? True. That was that was when the game was relatively close. Um, you know, the, the end of the game, there was this barrage of long touchdowns that I think makes the score look worse than it was. Uh, but there, were, there was this other issue, too. Like, Deshaun Watson, we were talking about how he takes a lot of sacks. He had been improving actually to like the bottom third of the league in terms of inviting pressure. Today he was pressured on 13 dropbacks. Six of those became sacks. That's not necessarily a sustainable yeah, percentage. So I, I obviously Baltimore is the choice I think right now, but with the caveat that this team lost by you know multiple scores to the Browns at home, uh, they lost to Kansas City, who was again one of these teams fighting for that position when Kansas City wasn't particularly healthy. And so I, I always want to take a step back, but I think right now you look, they beat the Patriots head to head fairly convincingly. Uh, all the things you said about new Orleans, uh, I think the Ravens, as much as we've given the, their defense, a little bit of a, you know, a regression this year, they're probably every bit as good as the saints defense. And so it comes down to the offense. And right now the Ravens are pretty hard to stop. To me, it is Ravens and saints right there, neck and neck. Patriots a little bit behind them. Um, and then those three teams uh, that we talked, or four teams, I guess, that we talked about, which is Kansas City, Seattle, Green Bay, and Dallas. Brady 0 for 5 throwing over 20 yards today. It wasn't in pretty. today's game. And, 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 and the thing with the Eagles is that we know their coverage guys are bad. Brutal. And, and so we if, talked about that on the podcast last week was that. If you don't take advantage of it, like <laughs> yeah. that's kind of showing, showing yeah. yourself. Um, real quick here, I just have to talk about this very quickly. The Oakland Raiders. 
we're about to talk about the, the Monday night game. Your Chiefs. Can we brag a little Chargers. bit about that under, by the way, which was a lock and a That's half? That's true. I hate, I hate to brag, but um, I'm, I'm so bullish about this Raiders team because it's their last year in Oakland. Um, Oakland has been stripped of the Warriors. They're going to be stripped of the Raiders. It's very sad. Yeah. And so it'd be great for them to have this, you know, maybe it'd be short-lived, but at least this euphoric end of their 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 time there. And I know the Bengals suck, and they should have won that game by a lot more. But they won a game yeah. that they needed to win. And now, if the Chiefs manage to stumble here... They'll be in sole possession of first in the AFC West. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, and, and the game kind of played it. So just to talk, you know, we talked about this. Uh, you know, we wrote this up as a, a website pick. We also wrote Cleveland up, even though everybody and their mother was saying this is clearly a Pittsburgh spot. The, the reason we like this under was a couple things. And one of them was obviously the Raiders defense can handle a bad offense in Cincinnati. But the other one was that we thought that the Raiders would control the game offensively. And there's no better way to control the ball offensively than to be efficient as in the passing game. And Derek Carr today. Now, one of the other things that helped the under was the fact that he was under pressure 15 of 34 times, a pretty high rate for him so far this season, especially when facing the Bengals. Yes, and he, but he was sacked three times, turned the ball over zero times when sacked, which is big. Averaged 10.4 yards per attempt when he got the ball out. Um, 9.9 yards. Uh, obviously per pass attempt when clean and then Josh Jacobs averaged five yards a carry 83 after contact that sort of kept that game the clock moving in that game and and what and you know we always sweat these things out but ultimately it was a rocking chair cover for the under so very interesting game there uh Colton Brown and Trent Miller were uh, absolutely horrific so badly that you changed their last names on (laughs) Uh, did I call him Colton Brown? Uh, yeah, which, which let's go with that for, for I mean, they it, don't deserve to be called by that, their real that's names. A, that's a great bit. The tackles for the Raiders combined uh, to give up Dude, eight pressures. Carl Lawson's dip on that third down sack was, was a pretty good one and, and probably why he graded so well for us when he came out everyone, of college. Everyone listening knows exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. Um, that, so, that, that, that so was a Monday, fun game. So Monday night, uh, Kansas City, Los Angeles in Mexico City. And this uh, has moved around a little bit, but I think it's settled at four. Um, Kansas City by yep. four. The total, I think, is 52 and a half now. Yeah, we uh, we printed it at over 52. At 52 and a half, there's still a small amount of value on the over. Um, actually, I see I see Chargers plus four and a half right now. So yeah, um, that and that's buoy. The, you know, you could have gotten Kansas City at minus three and a half at some spots this week. Yep, and that's and, what they were in the Super Contest, and that's what they were. I think when we put up the pick uh, a few week, a few days ago on Pick Watch. So what, uh, let me ask you this: What does Kansas City need to be up by going into the fourth quarter for you to feel I will never, safe. I will never, and. I remember one of the first so one of like the first two episodes of this podcast you you asked me the same exact question about the Vikings against the Saints in the in the Minneapolis That's Miracle right. and I and I said and I, and I told you exactly what would happen in that game, except for the Vikings actually pulled it off. This was, you know, we, Thursday night football last year in Arrowhead. The Chiefs had a two touchdown lead with basically that half the fourth quarter left and it doesn't matter, right? It just doesn't matter because the thing about the Chiefs is their defense is bad, but also Andy Reid loves nothing more than to sit on a game when it's not warranted. So for me, um, also probably one of the reasons we like this over so much, but but why I'm not comfortable about the Chiefs and why we didn't write them up against the spread, for example, is that I don't think any lead is insurmountable for, for the Chargers here no matter what. Uh, you know, we, we're going to get out of Kansas City's offense. Knowing that, though, the Chiefs have to be looked at themselves in the mirror and say, hey, there's n- there's no number of points we can score that puts this game away. We have to come out and just just throw it up. Score the 50 ourselves. We have to score 50 points in this game. And I love the fact that Oakland won before they play this game. To me, that... I mean, they have to be ready and re- you know rearing to go. I thought it was interesting that they were considering not playing Mahomes in this game if the field were in bad condition. But they went and checked it out, I guess, and the field happens to be good. I also really like the, the fact that Anthony Lynn is offending science by saying that 
you know, scientists never played football or whatever. Is that what he said? Yeah, you didn't see this? Oh, well. Yeah, because he took his team to Denver to prep, and they said, hey, did you know that apparently science says you need more than seven days to acclimate to whatever? He goes, well, scientists never played football. So... So well, I, I'm here for the Chiefs covering. Has, a, has a running back ever been a successful head coach? As a special teamer slash running you back. hate to oh. see it. Yeah. All right. You ready to uh, go into next week's games? Yeah, let's do it. All righty. We're going to start with Thursday Night Football is actually a good game. It is the Indianapolis Colts going into Houston. A battle now. Uh, for the AFC South. What did you have this at? I, um, before the game started, I had Houston favored by six and a half. I had Houston favored by four. And I believe you are more correct than me, although I only looked before Sunday football. Before Sunday football, the spread of the game was Houston minus three and a half, and that's where it is currently. I, my thought here was that Indy would beat Jacksonville and that Houston would lose in a close game to Baltimore. That's kind of what our model said. Right. A little bit. <laughs> That's what the spreads kind of said, too. Um, Indy and was more impressive than even we, who had them against the spread against Jacksonville, would have thought. So no no T.Y. Hilton. Um, yeah. I, I, am, I am nervous about uh, Houston only because that's a game you need to show up for, and they just didn't show up. And that, that worries me. Like you got to be able. That's what Baltimore has done. Yeah. In the games they need to show up, they have shown up. But were they? I mean, so here's the deal: were they flat, or were they just beaten? Like, because to me, there's a difference between showing up flat, sure, and then and then just the other team eating their wheaties and beating you, and and to the yeah. certain degree, there was some bad breaks for them early, and then it just kind of snowballed. So, but here's the thing about Thursday night football: it's not the home team that gets the advantage. It's a better team. It's it's the better coach team. So. If you're looking, you know, obviously my number, you know, what I guessed would be, would be six and a half. So I would have leaned Texans. But with all that said, you know, the fundamentals might end up leaning Houston here just for that reason. I thought the Colts winning by this much without T.Y. Hilton was very impressive. Yes, I, I agree. And especially given that Jacksonville scored first, Jacksonville had an NFL quarterback starting for them and and he played well to some degree. Um, but Jacoby Brissett and, you know, what was it? They had a hundred, 200 and I believe it was four, no, no, 194 yards after contact between their two starting running backs, so Jonathan Williams and uh, Marlon Mack. Yeah. Mack will not play in this game with a broken hand, but, you know, it doesn't matter. 217 yards after contact in total. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I, I, this, is a, this is a team that beats you up, and to a certain degree, Houston's soft, right? They're soft on the offensive line. Certainly soft on defense. Soft on defense, so... Um, I think the total is just right for this game, 46.5, frankly. All right. Uh, Seattle at Philly. This was the Sunday night game. It no longer is. What'd you have it Thank at? God, because this feels a lot like a Rams-Bears, except for Ooh. there's two good quarterbacks. Well, I mean, in terms of like, oh, look, Pete Carroll's punting on fourth and one. You know, oh, look, you know, Carson Wentz and the Eagles. If you combine Jared Goff and Mitch Trubisky, you wouldn't have as much quarterback talent as russell wilson Wilson. has in his left big toe sure but we were talking about this off air philly is has its own frustration i'm talking about the frustration level would be relatively high here because philly has frustration in that they're like kind of like the falcons were when when they lost kyle shanahan and got uh steve sarkeesian running too much in early downs leaving too much to their quarterback getting drops (laughs) by the receivers just kind of being an offense that's fundamentally good but like results are you ready for the nick Foles beat new england (laughs) yeah wentz didn't um right so let i mean we talk about that game right like i mean philly should philly should have won right well they should have won. Yeah, I mean, like they, but at the same, but they're. But they're, if they had won, you would have said that the Patriots should have won that game. Right. It was two. It was two. It was a game against two teams where a lot's going wrong, and Philly's the kind of team where that stuff that goes wrong really bites them. You know, whereas with New England, it seems like they have a cushion somehow where they can well, play like crap. Yeah, and still win. Yeah, I mean, uh, Brady. 5.5 yards from a clean pocket. It just like wasn't pretty. 
and yet somehow they made less mistakes than the yeah I mean the, the Eagles did. When you look at the Eagles, they had only two drops, but they were in big situations. And obviously, I don't know how Aguilar gets eight targets anymore. And yeah, Dallas great. Goddard too. I mean, Dallas Goddard can't catch a cold right now. And it, and I mean, it really I'll tell hurts you the them. difference here is Carson Wentz took five sacks and Tom Brady took one. Yeah, they always we were we were taught watching the game together, and I turned to you and I was like, "Why is Philly always?" Backed up every single possession, they're backed just, up, and you know that, that's the, the good teams when they suck play field position and edge it out a little bit. I have Philly favored by two and a half against Seattle. I, I do as well, and that appears to be what the spread is. So I actually um, it's down to two now. So people like Seattle. Yeah, I was going to say I I like Seattle. Yeah, uh, after I, watching Philly play, I, I like Seattle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean we we picked these beforehand. Uh. Dallas at New England. This is an interesting game. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. I, I before the game. This today, is the only watchable uh, four afternoon game. Four o'clock yeah, game, four unless o'clock you have the game. Tennessee under. Oh, sorry. Wow. Yeah. Pen broken. I know. You hate to see Too it. Too strong. Okay. Um, Lay off the roids. I know. Sorry. Uh, I had New England favored by five and a half. Uh, I had them favored by six and a half. And you, I believe, are correct. It is six and a half at juice towards New England. Minus 115. Yes, this is interesting. I kind of, if it, if it gets to seven, I like Dallas. Uh, dare I say the better quarterback is getting points in this game. I mean, I don't actually think that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Tom Brady. He's playing better. But he's playing better right <laughs> now. And he has more weapons. And he's got a better he's got a better supporting cast, no doubt. Here's what would worry me, which is Jason Garrett getting absolutely just torched by Bill Belichick. I mean, can we pause for a second though? Belichick is Belichick is very Garrett like in his fourth down calls. Sure. But he's unlike him in every other facet. Sure. The only way that I would I would be comfortable with Dallas would be if they let Kellen Moore do the majority of the moving and shaking but when it when it's Garrett it's tough but Belichick like Belichick on the Philly side of the field ran the ball on fourth and or third and six and then punted on fourth and three Mm -hmm. yeah I mean he's doing this he's doing this stuff that we get mad at we just don't get mad as much at Belichick because he's Belichick no this is an interesting one I will be surprised to uh, be surprised I will be interested to see where the public yeah, because uh, well, you were right about their game this week. Uh, New England was favored by three and a half to start, and that hung there for basically the whole week. The injury news for Jeffrey and folks hit, and the sharp money came in on New England for once. Normally, the sharps just get reamed by betting against New England every week. Yep. This game, I think, if it gets to seven, there's going to be a sh- ton of money on Dallas. I think, and because Dallas is a publicish team. And and Dak's playing well. And, and Dak's playing well. New England is not as good fundamentally, I think, as their name would suggest. All right. Green Bay at San Francisco flexed into Sunday night. Rodgers returning home. I'm assuming he's very excited to see all of his family. It's right before Thanksgiving, which means he can just stay there for Thanksgiving. That's right. So he's got to be really stoked about that. Yeah. Uh, I bet they can, you know, some State Farm commercials with the fam. Have to. That'd be so great. Um San Francisco played and won what must feel like the biggest joke of a win in terms of getting a one added to your win column, but people now feeling way less good about you. Jimmy G, 440-ish yards or whatever, but felt like he played kind of terribly. Yeah. Um, so what do you have this at? Green Bay coming off a bye. Uh, well, San Francisco, um, I have them as a two-and-a-half point favorite. I have them as a three-point favorite, and it is... It looks like three, yep, minus 110 on both sides. So I figured that San Francisco would not I, – I, I, you know, I put in the Slack channel this morning, I go, I think Arizona wins outright. And, of course, that didn't happen. In fact, San Francisco covered some of the, the closing line eventually in that game, but they did not look great. And I thought, you know, I thought that that would be a reason. People were going to want people to bet San Francisco, and hence the minus two and a half, you know – sort of daring people to lay that number with San Francisco, but it's a full three, which I think Green Bay is going to be pretty popular here, right? I, I'd be surprised if Green Bay, if betting, if, you know, taking the three and a half, three points didn't make you basically lay a dollar 20 at the end of the week. Yeah. I'd be stunned as well. After watching San Francisco play today, 
if yeah i the only thing i will say is that san francisco did not have their best offensive player george kittle yeah and but the issue is is how will when will he come back how fit will he be because he plays a position that's like i mean the position that he plays in that offense is unlike any tight end right and so could he i mean that dwelly character did a really good job in his stead in his stead today but yeah you're right and the the issue here is the spot right green bay a road team coming off of a bye um traveling you know uh central to west isn't terrible for a night game so there's a decent amount here in green bay's favor as well but like like the niners we don't know as much as we think we know about green bay either i think yes and that's why I, i don't I don't feel usually I like to bet Aaron Rodgers an underdog, but I don't feel that way as much anymore. Yeah, um, Jimmy but, Jimmy G's played absolutely horrendous at times the last two games, and they've split them, and they yes. probably should have won both, frankly. So, and uh, has not comforting gotten a, for a lot fan. of help from his receivers either. Yep, Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle being at full strength would really, I, I think, makes this a very interesting game. I, this is going to be incredibly compelling. Um, because Kyle Shanahan has just been tremendous. Robert Saul has been tremendous. And Matt LaFleur, just, I don't understand how Green Bay ends up with this record, but I'm not impressed by them when I watch them play. I'm just not. Yeah, well, I I think it a lot a lot of it has to do with the record, honestly. I mean, we looked at, or sorry, their schedule, and you look at, um, you know, you look at the Detroit game, you look at the Denver game, you look at the Oakland game, and they're allowing teams that aren't as good as, the, as them to hang around in these games for long, much longer. The, the Minnesota game almost came back on them. Um, so, again, the thing with San Francisco, though, you've looked in the last three games, they've allowed what? They've allowed 25 points yeah. uh, to the Cardinals. They've allowed, uh, I can't remember what that ended up being, 26 points to uh, to the Seattle Seahawks. And then today's game, it it ended what 23 yep so like they're starting to be creaky defensively and you know just just at the right time for aaron Rodgers and the packers forward might might be out all right monday night baltimore uh in our minds the best team in the nfl i guess yeah comes to los angeles to play in the coliseum back-to-back primetime games for jared goff and the rams and their new uh yikes new run game yeah uh what do you think this is yeah, I, I said Rams would be three-point dogs at home. Wow. Yeah. Wow, we diverge a lot here. I said this would be a pick. And it doesn't – I mean, unless you can find it. I, I don't see it on Bet Online, but just because, you know, the Rams just played. Um, Let me see. I can't see the game tonight being – But Wow. Baltimore minus two and a half, minus one twenty. Yeah, so it's basically plus. Jesus. Yeah. So, I the the issue wow. the issue is at hand is that ah, it's weird though because so the Ravens don't strike me as a team that has this huge traveling fan base. They used to be the freaking yeah. Browns, yeah. you know. So it's not like you know they have like the most established fan base in the world. But the Rams don't have a great home field advantage. So you're basically let's let's say it's a point and a half. You're basically saying that the Baltimore Ravens are four and a half points better on neutral field, which I think carries, right? Yeah, Marks Peters revenge game. Yeah, I, I guess I was. Well, right. now, can we talk about that the, just briefly? The Ravens are using Peters extremely well, and the Rams are using Ramsey extremely well. It's a, it's an example of sometimes these different uh, entities have different utility for different teams. So good on them for using their corners better. Cause uh, what's Ramsey was obviously not healthy in Jacksonville and Peters was a disaster in LA. So uh, cool. All right. Yay. I well, look, I want to see Marcus Peters succeed. Cause I, you know, you, got, you guys are like the same person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now on to uh, the crap games of the week of which there are many denver goes to buffalo i have the buffalo bills a seven point favorite over brandon allen okay this is where this is where we diverge and in fact um yeah i'm a little bit i said the the bills would be ten and a half point favorites at home against the denver broncos okay and what are they uh, before Sunday, yeah. So before Sunday football is four and a half. It's now five. So it's moving out towards us. Um, 
but still not as big as we, we we certainly don't have a huge opinion of Brandon Allen, but he did play a good game today, you know, for him. Fine. They should have uh, won. Should not have thrown a fade at the end of the game, but yeah. Wow, this is surprising to me. So I mean, I, I was gonna say this to you if we didn't, you know, if we didn't have the podcast tonight, I was like, this is the lock of the week material right here. Right? Yeah. I mean, is how much better is Denver than Miami? Uh a little bit. Well, not much. Jim? Yeah, not like I, I, not, I feel like fun. Right, and so Buffalo is six point favorites in six and a half point favorites in Miami today. Out to seven will close on the road, right? So you're telling you're telling me that Denver's eight points better. Like you do the home field, you tell me Denver's eight points better than Miami. I call bullshit on that. I mean, there's no way that they're eight points better than Miami. There's no shot. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, so maybe, I'm, maybe I don't know if you if, if you're listening to this on uh, on uh, Monday morning and you want to make a might go check. I mean, out. honestly, this is this is something that I don't quite understand. Obviously, laying points with Josh Allen is somewhat of a dicey proposition, but come on, man. I mean, yeah. especially after Denver, just like they, they gave a that game, game effort, right? There's they a letdown this, here, this right? Huge effort and yeah. lost. Yeah. Um, all right, the New York football giants go into Chicago. Who knows what the hell is happening in Chicago? Yeah, do they even have? Uh, the um, I, I have the Chicago Bears favored by five. And I said seven and a half. I clearly thought that they would at least like make it a game. Tonight. Have their starting quarterback finish the game? Yeah. yeah. What it? Uh, it's not up on Bet Online, so. Uh, the Giants coming off of a bye, which is, you know, helpful to them. Chicago 7, uh, but this was before Sunday night. Okay, so we're, we're basically straddling that number. Um, I would... Uh, Daniel Jones, man, is a turnover machine. But the problem is you have to be able to capitalize, which and requires which getting in the end zone, not. making yeah. extra points. So I mean, this is this is Jones well, or bust for me. Well, Mitch Trubisky has a hip injury, so yeah. Is it a Chase Daniel revenge game? He never played for the Giants, did he? Who knows? <laughs> Maybe Kaepernick starting for them by then. Ooh, Pittsburgh yeah. at Cincinnati. By the way, I watched some of those throws by Kaepernick. Who's got a better arm, me or him? <sighs> Close. He's got better hair, though. I think. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> man. His hair is great. He has better tattoos than I do too. Because he I does. He kind of looked a little flabby to me. Got to be real with you. If 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 you're just sitting there training every day, you got to be cut. Man. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You can't look like that. Was his been... issue with his last year with the Niners though? In the Chip Kelly years, he just looked thin, right? He hadn't worked out forever. Jim Tom Sula was like, "You're on the bench," and he looked like he hadn't lifted a weight until well, he... now. He looks like he's just inhaling chicken nuggets. Yeah. All right, uh, Pittsburgh. Goes to uh, comes here to Cincinnati to play the bungholes, and I have the Bengals as seven and a half point underdogs at home. Yeah, and I I feel like we have another emergency betting sort of like ooh uh, because I have I have the Bengals as ten and a half point underdogs at home against Pittsburgh, Uh and the combination of you know Thursday night and apparently today Bengals are six and a half point dogs at home. Ooh, okay. I think, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way that they're—I mean, they—who got suspended? Was it Pouncey? Yeah, they, they are constructed to beat the living hell out of the Cincinnati. Thank Bears. you. That's what—that's what I mean. This is what they do. And and the, they're they're enticing you with the six and a half, right? Giving you that hook there. I'm with you. I was off. Ryan by Finley at the answer. Look, they scored one touchdown against the Raiders. Yeah, uh, the first like drive of the game. Right, but the Raiders off our defense is just like non-existent. Like, yeah. the, just doesn't happen. Uh, they they don't stop anybody. They allowed one touchdown to yep. the Bengals. The Steelers are going to be pissed. Yeah, like they are going to have extra rest. Pissed. Extra rest. Yeah, yeah. I, I just. Like I said, that one blows my mind. So there's two games right now that are just blowing our mind right now. Unfortunately, it's also 12-15. Yeah, that could be it. Not that late. We've been getting better at. We have knocking these out earlier. Forty. Jeez. Miami goes to Cleveland. I have Cleveland as a seven point favorite at home. I have Cleveland as a ten and a half point favorite at home. 
Probably, uh, you're probably closer than I am. And it is 10 and a half and yeah. juice towards Cleveland. I, f- I figured Miami's like we obviously we had Miami for green line. One of the few that didn't hit. Today. I love Miami. Here. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, what I mean is like the reason I said 10 and a half was I was just like at some point in time, this has got to regress. But the other thing to me, and this is why I also like Miami. People love themselves some Browns. They love them. They love themselves some Browns. And we were right on Thursday night and taking them minus two and a half. And right? here's the thing with the Browns is they're getting a ton of negative publicity for the Miles Garrett thing. But they're also getting Baker Mayfield was a leader in the locker yeah. room after that. He's galvanized this I mean, he team couldn't, around. He couldn't hit the broad side of a barn after the second quarter, but he looked great in those first couple of drives. And he really showed leadership in the way. Throws wake the of, ball at the back of Mark Barron's head and gets a caught for a touchdown. At least He's Miles back. Garrett sort of hit his target with his throw. I, I know. Baker Mayfield was not. By the way, the I was watching the Fox pregame today, yeah. and they clearly had a production meeting where it was like, hey guys, everyone's crucifying Miles Garrett. Let's Let's talk about this from his angle. And at one point, Michael Strahan's like, this has happened to everybody. I mean, I've hit someone with a helmet before. And like, just like they just like kept going. I was like, wait, that's assault, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? You don't man? get this gap between your two front teeth without being hit with a helmet before, guys. I mean, <laughs> I, I totally – and they were all going in about the um, – dark place that football players go and all this stuff like dude it's not unique to football players everyone experiences rage at points in time and in real life when those things happen and you act on them you go to jail yeah that's how it works that's that happens it's not unique to football the unique part about football is that you're just getting fined and suspended and losing a a lot of money in relation to the humongous sum of money that you're already making well, and that's the that's the thing. It's like, well, and like everybody, you know, they have those commercials or they have whatever. They're like, this person was a great stand up guy in the community, all this kind of stuff. And then yep. you find out that he's like assaulted, you know, 15 right. people. He's like a sex offender or something. And it's like, it, like, that's how they're going around with Miles Garrett. They're like, well, you know, he reads poetry and he's like a really paleontology. <laughs> so what? Oh, I mean, there are serial killers <laughs> that love paleontology. Yeah. And to the I do think it's egregious that Mason Rudolph didn't get. Yeah, suspended. absolutely. But I feel like it was like they wanted to levy a punishment on Pittsburgh, making him play. Because he's bad. Like, Ooh. he's brutal. That is a great take. Like, I, I feel like I feel like if Rudolph got suspended, they'd have, like, some cover for, like, playing Duck Hodges a year after drafting Rudolph in the third round and just, like, rolling with him. Because Duck Hodges is going to beat the Bengals, and they're going like, to be like, oh, here, you know, we're Savior. on the roll. Anyway, we move on to Tampa Bay at Atlanta. Do we have to? Uh, we have done a great job of not betting on Atlanta, and Atlanta has done a great job of actually now covering two games in a row. So kudos to Winning them. outright twice. Great job by them. Dan Quinn has not only seeded play-calling duties on the defense, he's split them up. They have one guy calling first and second down and one guy who just moved from the offensive side of the ball calling third down, and it is working. (laughs) They have been absolutely amazing. I don't know what's going on Dude, they shut down an MVP candidate in Christian McCaffrey today. What else do you want from them? It's true. This should be a fun game. I have Atlanta uh, at home favored by three. I had three and a half, and it looks like four. Wow. Tampa Bay, but Jews towards Tampa Bay, so closer to us than... Yeah. The over-under of this game is 53. Green line really liked Atlanta under. We talked about it on the podcast. Atlanta's defense. The only thing that worries me about this game, if you like Tampa, and I think we probably might like Tampa in this game, Jameis, man. We have to have some discourse on Jameis. Do we? And his ability. Like, he still might lead the league in passing yards. But this dude's going to throw 30 interceptions. He's going to be the first guy to lead the league in passing yards and then get benched, not not start the next season. I mean, he some of, it's the same thing. We don't even need to talk about yeah, it anymore. It's, not it's the same thing. Perfect passes down, you know, perfect passes followed by perfect I passes. I do to love other. it when he every time he drops back, you feel like the earth is teetering on the edge of surviving and not yeah, and then when he runs and scrambles, we noticed this today. Dude. His eyes are like going everywhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he it, like always seems like everything's about to fall apart. It's so it's hard tremendous. because he's not um, 
he's not salvageable at this point, don't you think? I mean, we we all talked about Arians and how he would be the one, but you probably know, not. at this point, I mean, he's just probably going to be a high variance backup. Which, whatever, the league needs more of them. Yep, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Carolina goes to New Orleans. I have New Orleans as a nine and a half point favorite. You, me, and Vegas all agree on this. Yep. Juice, juice towards Carolina, which I don't get. Carolina's uh, was a bad team masquerading as a good team for a lot of weeks in a row, and now they're starting to get through the ass end of what it's like to try to play with a average defense and a bad quarterback. Yep. And New Orleans, I think, has probably had enough of the we're going to lose to mediocre teams, so we're just going to blow them all out. Yep. Uh, Detroit and Washington. This could be Jeff Driscoll and Dwayne Askins, and that would be something to behold i have if driscoll starts washington getting five and a half and i had washington getting two and a half and it looks like so first off it looks like they think they already know who the starting quarterback is because they're giving out a line right now washington plus three and a half minus 120 Hmm. did they did they view today's game as the washington's having life at the end because because that was the garbage. We were just we were sweating out the Washington over. just got blown the f out by, by the, the Jets, Jets at, at home. home. Yeah, come on, man. The Lions at least play football. I don't know what the Reds. We were are sweating playing. out the we were sweating out the over. And like once you know the guys got this like fluky touchdown, we turned the game off. You look back and they scored seventeen points. It was the first time in a month they had scored a touchdown. Right. Uh. I I'm going. I I feel like Detroit either on the money line or or against the spread would be a great pick. Even with Driscoll, who has been, played both of his games as a starter within a score. Yeah, I, I cannot tell you how little I want to watch that game. Oakland goes to New York to play the Jets, so they will be going West Coast to East Coast. Not great for them, Bob. Uh, I have the Jets getting one and a half. Wow. See, this is where I had the Jets getting six and a half this was before today right okay. before they blew out and it looks like three and a half is what the oakland raiders will be laying on the road juice towards the jets yeah i mean i've been championing the john gruden thing i love i love what he's doing in oakland uh, but this one worries me a little bit a little high on their horse they beat the Bengals at home by seven that's like almost losing. Yeah. They turned the ball over in the red zone in the first quarter, and they did this, that, and the other thing. But you're right. And they, they had the ball in the red zone and kneeled down to end the game. I mean, that game could have covered, but you're right. I mean, it was not. Let me put my uh, fortune teller goggles on here. Sam Donald has like a great game against this Oakland Raiders defense. Oh, it's time. We've reached the part of the season where there's one segment of the NFL that's battling for playoff contention, and then there's all the crap at the bottom. Yeah. It's like, who can finish on a high note and yeah. get steam going into the next season? Darnold, and that's where Darnold, Darnold will be lives. the two-time uh, award winner in that regard, that's having been our highest-graded quarterback in December last year. Oh, feed me. All right. Jacksonville, Tennessee. This is the last one. Uh, this game always played on Thursday night. On Sunday, think thankfully, I have Tennessee favored by three and a half. I I said two and a half, and we are convergent. It's three. it's three. Juice towards Tennessee. This would be a really nice get for us for the season win total for Tennessee if Jacksonville if Jacksonville, Jacksonville could, could win. Steal this so game. I thought it would be two and a half, but Tennessee coming off a bye, so I gave him an extra point, and that's that's how I ended up at three and a half. Um, the fact that Nick Foles is now starting for Jacksonville means I'm totally out on Jacksonville. And Tennessee has Ryan Tannehill. So Tannehill, Foles, yeah, not what I want to watch. I would take the better quarterback getting points here. Yeah, I agree. So so for me, for me, it's Jacksonville or pass at this point. You kind of get the sense that Jacksonville, based on their performance today, has given up on the season. Oh, I don't, I don't, well, I think defensively they're not nearly as good. I think they're a lot like Minnesota where they were great in 2017, okay last year, and this year. Um, But Tennessee sucks. I mean, there's just, this game, as you've always said, the moment you think Tennessee's going to do anything for you, they they screw you over. So 
Uh, this would be a game, you know, we had Tennessee strongly on green line in the Thursday night. They faced each other in Jacksonville, and Jacksonville absolutely dominated them. So I know Gardner Minshew was playing then, but Nick Foles is better than Gardner Minshew. So this is true. This is a good point. Um, all right, that is the Week 12 slate in under an hour, which is very impressive. We did it. Uh, do you have any, uh, it's not Sunday anymore, but any confessions from your weekend that you'd like to share with me? No, I, well, other than, I, know, I told you on the last pod that I try to beat somebody up at the gym, right? I, I had to step somebody back at the gym. Um, but I, I am very curious if you, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how you weren't going to sweat through all these college games. Oh man. How many college games did you watch last night or yesterday? Yesterday. Okay. I watched three. Not bad. So, but, but. I so here's the confession that I have to make. My young daughter, my my uh, my second oldest daughter Chloe. I was watching Baylor, Oklahoma very intently. We had Baylor, we also the over, which sucked. Um, and I was watching relatively intently to the point where when I I got up to like clean the house after they're done after they do their thing, you know, play all day. My daughter drawn a face on a pillow, with a marker. Mm-hmm. So. So I wasn't sweating out the college games the way I would in the pit of misery, but I watched one college game so intently that I did not see that my my youngest Chloe drew a face on a pillow. So uh, I'm not, Are you, you know, I, keep it? so so I've never gone to confession before. But if you go to confession, how does that work? Does it? Do you say, "Hey, Father, um, forgive me for I've sinned." It's forgive been. me for I've sinned, or do you say, "Forgive me for I kind of half sinned"? Because I feel like that was a half sin. It was a, it was a, uh, a venial sin. Okay. There are like levels of sin. Really? Yes. A mortal sin is one that you can't, yeah. You lose your salvation. Mortal sin is Miles Garrett. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a venial sin is like Mason Rudolph starting the fight. By there you go. That's exactly what him. it is. Um, I feel like kind of a, 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 I can't say the P word on here. But I feel kind of soft. I feel sort of like Mitch on that. Dude, on that, can you can you dude, imagine? That's why less... he got benched because he gave... Maggie's like, I'm going to call this play, and you're either going to sack up and try and run it, or you're going to just fade like a sunflower. And that's what he did. I have like three pulled muscles and tried to run for first downs more vigorously in flag football last year than Mitch sold that pitch. Man, how pathetic was that? What an what a loser. Um, That's not, Chicago's a tough guy town. He's no longer Chicago. Not a tough guy. So speaking of softness, I'm watching the Thursday night game. And I'm one of those people that when I dedicate myself to watching a game, I watch the game. And I turn the game off with about two minutes left. So I miss the, I miss the whole Miles Garrett thing. So I wake up. And, you know, as I'm turning it off, I'm like, this is the right decision, George. You're making the right decision. Like, don't worry. You're not going to regret this. And then, of course, I wake up in the morning and I check Twitter. I'm like, you probably should have just sacked up and watched the last two minutes of this game because it was amazing. And I didn't. And so now now I feel I feel bad. I got like an extra 30 minutes of sleep, but I missed out on. The only reason I watched the end of that Cleveland game was because NCAA Green Line had Buffalo minus six and a half, uh, you know, the college, and they were up twenty one with seven minutes left about an hour earlier, and not only lost the ga- they lost the game they lost the game outright in regulation they yeah. somehow gave up twenty four points in the last seven minutes of the game and so I was not going to allow that to happen uh, to the degree that I can control it which is none um, but yeah I was already sort of on tilt so I watched uh, the Cleveland game until the finish. Good for you. <laughs> All right. That was our week 11 Sunday night, Monday morning podcast. Hope you guys are enjoying a lovely ride to work on Monday. We're so close, man. Thanksgiving's right around the corner. Season's about to start. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys. For the perfect gift? Check out a Visa Virtual Account. Available at giftcards.com. Gifting a Visa Virtual Account is easy. 
Simply select your gift amount, add optional personalization, and click Send. A thoughtful gift delivered in moments. As one of the world's most recognized brands, virtual Visa cards are secure, never expire, and work for any budget. They're also eco-friendly. Eliminate the need for plastic with a virtual gift delivered straight to their inbox. Whether you're shopping for a family member, friend, coworker, or client, a Visa virtual account is always the perfect fit. Visa virtual accounts can be used online anywhere Visa is accepted, so the possibilities are endless. They're convenient to send and easy to spend, making it the perfect gift for any occasion. Start gifting your virtual visa today at www.giftcards.com/virtual.